Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, Two Guys in a Mic Show Football Friday and the Two Guys in a Mic Show, courtesy of the TalkZone.com. The big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire, David Olson on the other side of the glass. Ola, hope your Friday is off to a great start. Maybe it's an early weekend for you, whatever it might be. Hope you're having a great day out there, folks. And we do. We do, if I could speak on the behalf of my good partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, appreciate your listening to our particular program. Not that many people do, so we treasure each and every listener out there. Without further, Joseph Adu, let me welcome in my partner, who I was privy to have a, a strange but very enjoyable lunch with yesterday. It is, ladies and gentlemen, ex-linebacker, tight end from McMurray College, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. How are you, big dog? Uh, doing extremely, extremely good, Coach. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, not bad, but I will tell you, right after lunch yesterday, I, I'm just going to give a warning to the people out there. It was your suggestion. Uh, quality place called the Hop House, a rare meeting between me and the big dog who do the show from separate phone lines, folks. It's not like we want to, but uh, it's a long story. We won't get into it now, but unfortunately we don't get together that often. We did yesterday. But if I could put a warning out to the folks out there, uh, Big Dog, it is don't eat ostrich and bison combined. I guess that was your problem because I was fine the rest of the day. Not sure if it was the ostrich. Not sure if it was the bison, but we had an ostrich burger. That was interesting. That's the first time I've ever gone ostrich. Have you ever uh, gone up close? First time for me, Coach. First time for you want to talk about? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> oh, goodness. The bison burger, a little turkey burger, a little... We were sampling a little bit of everything. The waiter thought we were slight odd, but uh, uh, nevertheless, it was pretty good. Cool, cool oh, place. Oh, that's right. You got turkey burger, right? Yep. It must have been your turkey burger. Maybe. Because the asterisks and bison were fine to me. Maybe. I, again, I think each one separately probably okay. It was the combo that might have caused some com- uh, spontaneous combustion. Ah. <sighs> Did you get out I on the? I needed that, by the way. <laughs> I've been a little, I look kind of like the the Kennedy Expressway at at eight forty five in the morning. I'm a little backed up. <laughs> so between the two of us, we probably are pretty regular. Thank you very much. Yes, that's, yes, Amer- that's. America's number one breakfast show, folks. As long as long as you're not eating breakfast, it is a football Friday. We're going to make our football picks. Talk about the pro football games on Sunday. Definitely a little. College football, it's a good slate of games coming up tomorrow. So if you're a football fan, uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, 888-463-6748. Again, our phone number, 888-463-6748. Big deal the Bears. We haven't talked much about them. It's a 3 o'clock game. And I'm big, and I know the players are too. When you have a bye week the following week, I call that a big game because you don't want to be sitting on a loss for two consecutive weeks. That can be painful. No, you, you, definitely not. And, and sometimes you can be distracted because, like, that's the the one week that you, you get off as a as a football team. Like, you don't practice. I mean, you practice that week, but the, usually the coach will give you like that Saturday and Sunday the weekend off. So you start yeah. making plans, and you're like, oh, after the Jacksonville game, I'm hooking up with so and so. No, 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 no. Don't even worry about that. 
Trust me, because if you lose the Jacksonville game, you even want to hook up with your boys that you haven't seen in a couple months. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's important to stay focused and play some good football starting Saturday at 3.05. Mm-hmm. And if they do and they win the game, go in at 4-1, let's say they have a good game, Cutler continues to progress and there's no more sideline antics, uh, you know, 4-1... At the break, if you want to call it that, Big Dog, there will be a lot of, maybe too many positives thrown around, but there'll be a lot of feel-good going around the city of Chicago for this Bears game, if they come through with a victory on Sunday. Yeah, could you imagine if the Bears come through with a victory and the, the Tennessee Titans bring the Vikings down to reality and all of a sudden the Indianapolis Colts figure out a way to, who are a lot, not a lot better, but they're better than we think they are. Yes. Beat the Packers at home. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, the Bears have total control of a division that looks like completely like it was the toughest division in football enough for grabs. Mm-hmm. If somebody would have told you on September 5th that uh, the Minnesota Vikings would be 3-1 and one at this point, yep. all of us as Bear fans would be like, are you kidding me? We have to deal with the Vikings, too, this year? You know what I mean? So it's uh, this division is ridiculously tough. The Bears better stay focused and get a win against the Jaguars because, honestly, Coach, the other three teams in the in the division are going to. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and don't forget, Jacksonville has uh, – they have uh, MGD, which everybody M- knows M-J-D. about. MJD. MJD, thank you very much. But what people forget about us is they also this year have a little JD, JDRR. And that, of course, Juvenile is... Juvenile Diabetes I, Research Foundation? No, that is Jack Del Rio Residue. Even <laughs> Nice guess, though. Thank you. Uh, so even though he's not still coaching the team, the residue of one of our favorite well-coiffed coaches, Jack Del Rio, is still part of the Jacksonville fiber, if you will, Big Dog. That's called JDRR, Jack Del Rio Residue. When the University of Illinois billionaire with uh, the best mustache <laughs> in all of football, I'm including... <laughs> Jeff Fisher in the mustache talk. I'm serious. Have you seen the owner of the the Jacksonville Jaguars mustache? He's I, a Pakistani businessman that went to University of Illinois. Coach. Really? Who did he hire as a coach? I don't even know who the coach of the Jaguars is right now. That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. But I, it's it's uh, uh, Mike Malarkey, is. isn't it? Mike Malarkey. Give me a multiple choice, David Olson, please. I, I will get it right, but I just can't figure out who the bear, who Lovey Smith must match it up against this week. Either way, Lovey Smith has that guy overmatched. And the Met, uh, just just wondering because I, that's big. You know what I mean? Who's coaching your football team? Yeah, it, 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 it's it's Mike Malarkey. Oh, excellent, excellent football coach. He was a great offensive coordinator for years. You know that's a, he has a good coach. Mm-hmm. He'll be he'll be he's not completely overmatched, but by Levy Smith. There'll be uh, nine cameras on the game. Two or three of them fixed strictly on um, Jay Cutler. So the question I ask you, Big Dog, and I would ask the fans out there, too. I don't know if anybody else has done this. Hopefully we're not copying any other radio program. But the wrath of uh, Jay Cutler on an offensive lineman two weeks ago on the offensive coordinator, Mike Tice, a coach last week, where will the wrath of Jay Cutler, what sideline antic will we get Cutler on? My guess, I think it's the water cooler's turn. No, uh... It's going to be the get back guy. The who? Well, the water cooler server wouldn't be a bad, but the get back guy. Oh, that's a good call. You don't know what the get back yes. guy is? Yes, no, no, I'm no. Not, I, I'm I, not I, making this up. I swear to everyone listening to yep. this, this show right now. Coach has joked about the fact that NFL has a tight ends coach. 
which is, uh, that it doesn't bother me, Coach. See, all these guys <laughs> need position coaches. You you joke about it, yes. but then you say, "Oh, there's an assistant tight ends coach," and then then you're then you become right. Yes, that's <laughs> that's a little too much. Okay, there's actually a coach paid to yell to the whole entire football team, "Get back! Get back! <laughs> Not get, get back from the sideline!" Because what ends up happening is every single football player walks up onto the sideline. I don't care if it's peewee. Or NFL to get as close to look as possible. And then the referees will tell the coach, if you guys don't get back, I'm going to give you a 15 yard penalty. So the penalty <laughs> will get thrown about once a season on a team. You'll notice that maybe once every five, if someone is paid, I don't know how much, all they do is yell, and they have to yell at like Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and Ray Lewis and Tom Brady, get back! And these guys have to, oh, yeah, so get back, coach, get back. we got to step back. But I did not make that up. Someone gets paid probably 500 bucks a game to do that. Texter, lay me down. Larry wants to know, uh, I'm assuming, and so is lay me down, Larry, that the get-back coach is not a full-time job. What does the get-back coach do during the week? Uh, during the week, he probably cleans footballs, but he just takes the <laughs> towel, the white towel, and yeah. rubs the football up, which okay. I still don't know what that does. Okay, but he'll do that all week, and uh, he, he'll probably affix, he fixes the, the jugs machine gun, Coach. Beautiful. You know the jugs, jugs machine, he'll yeah. fix that during the week. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? When the, when the kicker hits the punter's hands <laughs> and no longer can hold, he'll have to hold for the kicker uh, while he practices. Let me, I got I get before we move on, because I'm fascinated with the topic, but I, I need to hear one more get back from you. How do they call it again? Get back! <laughs> By All the right. way, the get-back coach, so, the get-back coach also during the game, sometimes but not always, depending on how bad your offense is, is also the punt team coach. Yes, the stream punt team. Because <laughs> so, you never cannot have your punt team ready to go on the field. Coaches hate that. Because then all of a sudden they might have to go for it on fourth down instead of punt the ball. Yeah, the, so. the bit of Jay Cutler hands the ball off on first down to Michael Bush, the guy that said, punt team! Um all right, so what scenario? Really it's really confusing when the guy yells, get back, and then yells, punt team. <laughs> and some guy wearing number 58 comes, runs up to the coach, and is ready to be on the punt team. And the get back guy's like, I told you to get back. He's like, but you just yelled punt team. Totally confused right now. Where do you want me? <laughs> That's when they send him out, A, for psychological training, and B, they put him on the taxi squad. That's what the taxi squad is for. Very you know what? Lily the lilac, I mean, she's, she's Chinese, literally Chinese. Okay, and I'm trying to teach her football. And she's like, there's a lot of rules. She's listening to this right now. She's like, I have to figure out the get back and the punt team guy too. So, yes, you do. In order to really appreciate football, you have to know all these little tiny nuances <laughs> to really enjoy it. By the way, speaking of knowing the game of football, the referee at the Packers-Seattle game apparently, I didn't hear it, but apparently admitted the mistake. I'm still confused, Big Dog. So if he blew the call, why did the... NFL referee, replay referee, who, by the way, was not a replacement, an experienced replay ref, why, if he blew the call, why do they uphold the call? Not oh, to bring no, up. They don't, they don't do it like in college, coach. In the NFL, the, they assume the official knows all the rules, so they go underneath the tarp, and they get the television replays, and they decide whether the catch was good or not. It isn't like in college where... There's uh, a guy in the me. booth, and they just sit on the. Uh, they, you know, they notice like the guy yeah, great in college football. Then I they, don't. I they don't care about. Out. I don't care about Kyle. You got me confused now. So now, 
Now I, you're. I didn't confuse you. Like I just told you, the NFL referees go underneath the the curtain and they look at it. So well, why is everybody? Happen. Why was everybody mad at the ref on the field, and why is he admitting a mistake when, according to you, it's all being decided by the guy under the hood? It's, are you? You don't listen at all to you. The referee goes underneath the hood. Oh, not the, the re- referee does in the NFL. Do I have to say this one more time? Well, wait a minute. Yes, you do, actually, because you're telling me the replay ref? In the NFL, when there's a replay, that happens. The head official, who is technically... Oh, that's right. He makes... You're right. Okay, that's... He goes underneath that little hood curtain Uh thing, and he watches it, and then he determines whether or not the call is... So he's admitting, even after watching 10 different replays, that he blew the call? Yes. But there is... But there is yes, still a replay. Exactly what that's exactly what we're saying. But, so you were right the whole time. The Packer had control of the football. And well, no, I wasn't right. Seattle, just because Golden Tate had his hand against the Packers' chest and technically kind of had inside position, the fact that the Packer had both of his arms around the ball and caught Golden Tate's hand at the same time, the Packers should have been awarded the interception and also another win which would also be another NFC victory, which doesn't help the Bears at all. See, I've never heard that described. I, I'm not, I hate to disagree with you, and I don't want to bring up an old topic, but I'm not sure that's exactly correct because, again, the NFL... Hold on, before you don't listen to me again, like I said, I'm not exactly sure of the rule either. I was even giving you the benefit of the doubt because you were the one that said the Packers should have been awarded the well, ball. Like, I, for like five no, times when we, but, when we talked about the discussion afterwards. And you always complain I don't listen to you as we have a little lover's quarrel here. But you didn't listen to me properly either. But my big complaint in the whole damn thing was that people are yelling at the referee for making the bad call. No. The bad part of it is the rule. The rule should specify a simultaneous catch by by rule. It was a simultaneous catch, but the, but the rule needs to be more specified. It okay, should be right. simultaneous right, and nearly... Equal possession because it was simultaneous. The guy had two hands on the ball, but the Packer guy had ninety percent of the ball. The other guy had ten percent. But yeah. uh, but help me out here, Big Dud. The NFL replay guy. There was a replay guy at the game. He no, upheld. No, no, there is not. Let, let, let me please, so you understand this. The referees on the field. The head ref goes into a booth. He watches the replay and he determines whether the call is right or not. That's. Why Why did I hear that the NFL replay ref at the game confirmed the call? I, I have no idea okay. why they why they said that to you, because there is no NFL replay ref right. at the game. They what? have that in college football, not in the NFL. The only, I remember saying to you, I remember specifically saying to you, and maybe you understood things wrong, I was like, I bet you the NFL called him while he was underneath the curtain and told him, give the win to the Seahawks and just say that it was a, a touchdown catch by the Let Seahawks. Let me ask you this. In the la- I, I know I remember saying that to you, and I know I haven't got confused the difference between college and NFL. In the but last two minutes of the game, who is it that calls for a replay? Oh, it's definitely, uh, it's, uh, there is someone, like, a, like the, the, it's an official review. Ah. The referees determine okay. so whether there is, or not. There is somebody up in the sky. No, no, it's the ref. I don't know who's up in the sky, but they don't determine whether the catch was good or not. David, you, you understand what I'm saying, Coach? The, the ref on the field yeah. looks at the – so there might be someone, like a, a, a person,
person working for the NFL that, like, you know, buzzes down, hey, you want to check that out, but it's the official who has to make the decision. All right. One, there's, no, there's no doubt about right. it. I've and- watched enough Fox break-ins when Mike Pereira comes in and describes what's going on. The official decides what was right or wrong. Yes, David. I can confirm through unnamed sources, which I will name to you off the air after the show, that they knew they blew the call and they did not reverse it because they were afraid there was going to be a riot. And that's the only reason yeah, the place stood. That's but weak. It's you know what, true, that though. is You're, weak. doesn't that matter if you really blow the weak. call. Your job is to make sure you get it right. So that's that's yeah. weak on the part of the replacement refs, if yeah. that's the reason. Right. That's wow. That's that's really bad, uh, yeah. David. That's yeah, really my final bad. final question. So in a way, in a way, David, what I said might have been exactly right that day. That someone from the NFL called into the referee on the booth and been like, "Listen, at this point, we're in a lot of trouble. So uh, the Packers are good enough to make this win up, and that's, you that's just get even, out of there with your head on your shoulders." That's even weaker. Final question for you, Big Dog. That why why did the NFL two days later uphold the call and say it was the correct call? That's another good question, Coach. That's a really good question. That hey. I can't explain to you whatsoever. That's like, that's like, why right, did but, uh, why did the bullet that John F. Kennedy get shot with supposedly hit seven people? Can't make seven entry wounds. You know, like uh-huh. I, I don't know. But right, that's but, the official report. So, and if the Warren Commission said it happened, and if for the government put it down, it must be right. But by the ref making the mistake, admitting the mistake, then. We are, in fact, saying the NFL rule says, though, even though a guy has hands on the ball, if one guy has clear possession, it should be his ball. Yeah, you know, it is, uh, it, it's so tough because, like, I don't know. I didn't know the exact wording of the rule, you I know, think... in that situation. That's why That's why I was like, well, if, if I guess if the offensive player has his hands on the ball and it's against the guy's chest in a way he has possession of it, too, just because a guy has his Right. Into his chest. If one guy has it in his hands, right. that simultaneous. Like, I, I don't know, coach. It's That's... such a gray area. Okay. And uh, I played the game, and I know the rules, but I'm also not Mike Tarico, right. who probably knows them better than the officials. It's, it's just frustrating because it's been brought up so much, but nobody. I, I can never get to the what we yeah. are discussing right now is really the meat and potatoes I, of it, and nobody talking. Yeah, you know, I blew the call. Well, how did you blow the call? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we want to know why did you yeah, blow the call? Right. Because the Packers should have had the ball because he had yeah. it wrapped around him? Yes. Because uh, immediately Golden Tate only had one hand, the inside hand yes. on the football. Give me a And then he brought the second hand. Give me a specific. I, I agree with yeah. you. Okay. All right. 888 Because he didn't call pass interference when he pushed down. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's a whole other issue. 888 the phone number, Big Dog and the Coach, Football Friday and the two guys at a mic show. Thank you again for joining us here on a, a beautiful Friday, wherever you might be listening to this particular program. Don't forget, Big Dog, uh, via the Internet. I have to remind you because we did a radio show for eight years, but via the Internet, your voice, your opinions, your waxing poetic, if you will, is being heard in seven different continents across this fine planet Earth. Kind of... That's what he- well, for all the people down that are listening to me in the youth, we probably have more people listening to me in the Yukonan Peninsula. Yes. Listening to us in the Yukonan Peninsula right now <laughs> than we do in the, in the town that I grew up in down in Grove. I'm not kidding you. Cause uh, I've got, I'm meeting people down there for the whole, uh, for the whole, uh, Mayan end of the world celebration. And, uh, did you know yesterday they found a new Mayan tomb? And this is just unbelievable, coach. I know you don't want to hear about it. Our listeners probably don't want to hear about it, but, 
this morning has been a joyous occasion for me, and I cannot believe I'm actually going down and seeing some of this stuff in December like a tear is about to bring my eyes. So it's a football Friday. I suck. I haven't watched any football this year. I'm not picking games like I used to yet. I'm in a paid league, and I'm winning it right now for football picks. You figure that one out, Coach. So I'm glad I suck right now on air. But it's just a really, 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 really cool thing that uh, uh, this uh, a Queen Cabell, uh, her basically uh, her uh, her tomb was found, and they've been looking for this tomb for 200 years, and they finally found it yesterday. So it's a good day for David. Uh, we've uh, got uh, big dogs traveling out there in the middle of December for the potential end of the world or the flipping of the Mayan calendar, whichever. <laughs> Whichever comes first, the Yukon. By the way, I do believe it is the flipping of the Mayan calendar. I hope way. so. Just let everybody know. Thank so. you. Um, but David, our marketing department—I uh, don't know what rhymes with—if we can come up with a marketing campaign for the Yucatan Yucatan Peninsula, not exactly the easiest thing to work with. But if they could come up with something, they got a couple months to work on it. Yes, you can. I like that. See that? That was. Uh, uh, Okay. That's if you're like, bad. I guess you can, you could tear. That's not bad. I'm not going to ask you any rhyming or synonymous with peninsula because it might turn this program the wrong way. We are. We have a couple of kids in studio today, Big Doe, that are on Teachers Institute Day. A couple of uh, assistant producer Randy Myers, young kids, the famous Teacher Institute. I know that was your favorite day of the school year, but please uh, – Assimilate your programming accordingly as we have a seven and eight year old in the house. I could not stand Teachers Institute Day. That was a whole eight hours of teachers planning on how to compromise my taking over a classroom. That's what you thought it was. No, trust me, uh, the day after teacher, uh, Teachers Institute Day, I'd be way back in the far corner <laughs> away from everybody. And all the and all the girls that I would not normally be talking to would be surrounded me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why is Marlene Brown next to me instead of Stacy Houston? Stacy <laughs> Houston's hot. Okay. The, the Teacher Institute Day was a, a way to compromise Talk about dogs activities in the room. I'm not kidding. Talk about a paranoid youth, David Olson. Most kids celebrating the day off of school. Big Dog sits around for eight hours as an 11-year-old kid worried about how the teachers are spending eight hours trying to figure out how your life can be more difficult. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. Now, I'm not one of those, like, I'm not like the guy that when, you know, you see somebody whispering and somebody says, are they talking about me? Why are they talking about me? No, they're not talking about me. I'm not one of those people. I'm not no, paranoid. I, what? Why am I so important that those kids would be talking about me or those people? No, I'm not like that. The Teachers Institute Day was eight hours of them planning <laughs> to compromise my me trying to take over uh, uh, and <laughs> the, the any classroom that I was in as a youngster. <laughs> but you're not that kind of guy. Uh, no, I'm telling you, in, in real life, no, I don't okay. worry. And even if people are talking about me, I'm like, those yeah. people are wasting uh, just a minute of their life to discuss me, yeah. which I'm proud of. But when I was 11 years old, I made it a point to try to, <laughs> how, how can I say, be a hemorrhoid for every teacher that I ever had. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you could say it any better than that. Okay, so, very, yeah. Very gently put. Do you have any cream for that? <laughs> no. It was Teacher's Institute Day, and it well. never really worked. I, I can tell you, after spending six years as a, a semi-respected public school teacher in suburban Chicago, Big Dog, uh, the Teachers Institute days aren't all they cracked up to be. Oh, they, you guys don't start drinking at like 11.59 no, a.m.? No, it's not quite that bad. Okay. But it's not, 
eight hours of instituting, if you know what I mean. All right. Uh, let's get to some football games here. We got pro football on Sunday. We got college football on Saturday. We got to make our beat the smallest football picks, folks. If you are meandering, wandering, wagering a little bit this weekend, not sure where to go. I don't want to put pressure on them, but our producer extraordinaire, David Olson, versus the point spread is some ridiculous thing like 12 and three on the season. So if you believe in uh, going with the hot hand, pay attention with pencil and paper. On the other hand, if you believe that uh, everybody will have his comeuppance, you might want to go against his pick. Why are you looking at me like that, Dave? Because some people might be thinking, well, I, I guess 12 and 3. Is that right? 12 and 4? I, I think it's 13 and 2. 9, 11, 13 and 3. Is it 13 and 3? All right. Yeah, 13 and 3. But, uh, I'm going to be 13 and 3. That's 16. 3 and 0, 3 and 0, 2, 1, 1, 2, 3 and 0, 9, 11, 12 and 3. 12 and 3. I had it right the first time. All right. Uh, big dog, uh, college football. Let's start with that on Saturday. We'll get to our beat the smoke football picks. We mentioned some big games over the weekend. I'm getting more. I was not excited earlier in the week, but the more I'm reading about a Miami, pretty good football team scoring a lot of points. I'm starting to get excited about a rare soldier field appearance. The Irish in Miami. You got any feelings on that game? Yeah, I have, I have a couple feelings. And scoring a bunch of points against bad teams doesn't really uh, frighten me too much. The Notre Dame is a really, really good team, a real good defense. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a better game than the 14-point spread that Notre Dame is favored by. Can you freaking believe that, Coach? But I tell you, there's a couple teams that people jump on and just start betting on them yeah. like, if the Cowboys are good, all of a sudden just bet against the Cowboys. Well, Notre Dame is like that. Notre Dame should be like a nine or a ten point favorite against Miami, but everybody's bet them up to fourteen. Mm-hmm. I think it might I'm even be a, might even be fourteen and a half. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> surprised. That's too much, isn't it, Coach? I think it is actually. I think, and I think it's exactly the reason you were talking about. Notre Dame has been, uh, I don't know if you want to call it down or underachieving for so many years. Finally, they have maybe their breakout season. People getting overexcited, so I, I'm not taking it. And beat the Schmoes, but yeah, if I were making a pick, Miami in the 14 and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't want to because I know Notre Dame is better than Miami, and I, I hate just knowing that they're, but that is a, the, the spread is not right. Mm-hmm. So. Monte Teo, outstanding, but I'm telling you, watch out for the outside linebacker, too. I'm forgetting his number, maybe 55. Forget his number, but uh, the man with the Hollywood name, Prince Shembo. Yes, yes, the kick and play coach. Yes, he can, and yep. he is 55. Only a sophomore for the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish. Very, very good ball game there. How about nationally, too? we got a couple of top, I don't know, top ten, maybe top five teams. Georgia at South Carolina. Big no, that's, that could be the game of the afternoon. You, you know, the, if you think about it, the South Carolina lost so many players this past year to the NFL. Alshon Jeffrey is one of them uh, to the Chicago Bears, who was one of the one of the greatest receivers ever in the history of that conference. They lost all kinds of defensive linemen and Melvin Ingram and defensive backs all over the place. And South Carolina is just as good as they were last year. Give a tip of the hat. Uh, excuse me, I had a tip of the cap. A tip of the, what do you call those things when you don't have a top on the bill hat? Visor? Yeah, let's give a tip of the visor to, to Steve Spurrier for yep. building one hell of a program down in South Carolina, Coach. Really annoying we're coach. <laughs> good coach, but but definitely unlikable and quite annoying as a neutral spectator. Uh, 
yeah. I, I, well, that's funny that you would say that because he's the fun and gun guy. Throw it all over the field. But you, yeah. Of all the coaches, I would always thought that you would like Spurrier just because he throws it way too much. When yeah, you don't even like, need to throw it, he's throwing it. I like the style of his play. I just don't like him. He, it's Sourpuss is the name that comes to mind. That's a good way to put him. That's yeah. a good way to put it. All right, now what about a little quandary here, Big Dog? And you're a longtime TV guy, uh, although you haven't had your tape machine and remote control as much this year as in previous years, but 6 o'clock, West Virginia at Texas, same time, Georgia at South Carolina, 6.30, Miami, Notre Dame, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, Nebraska at Ohio State. What is a fan to do, Big Dog? Four must-see games all at the same time. No, it's... That is going to be very difficult because tomorrow I I should be working, doing my $1,000 weekends. But I'm going to make $0 this weekend, Coach. Nothing. We basically have canceled everything, so at least I know ahead of time. I will be at my house with remote in hand, and I will be absolutely fine. If you, can't, if you don't realize that uh, there, is a, there is a cadence, there is a rhythm to football games, you could definitely watch three games and not miss much of anything. Four games is where you get to the tipping point where you need more than one television. Mm-hmm. But, but seriously, three games are fine. Two games are easy. Are you kidding me? You don't miss anything in two games. Three games against borderline. Four games, you have to make a choice. Uh-huh. And uh, Tennessee, or excuse me, Texas versus West Virginia Woo. is going to have to be one of my top choices because if you miss one of Geno Smith's passes, you've just missed a touchdown. And also, I think this is a proving game for Gina. A lot of the fans out there, you and me are convinced at this point, but there's a lot of fans that still need to see Geno Smith have a big game against a big-name team, and Texas certainly fits that bill. Coach, let's, let's, just, let's just get this right. And you're, I, you're, you're right with what you said, but honestly, if you really want to, West Virginia as a football team has something to prove. I don't think Geno Smith as a quarterback has anything to prove. Okay. I mean, really, I mean, he's that good that right now it's just, if West, I mean, what would be better for Geno Smith, losing fifty to forty nine or winning twenty one to twenty? You, you see what I'm getting at? I don't think Geno Smith has anything to worry about. West Virginia just has to figure out how to go in there and slow Texas down because West Virginia hasn't stopped anybody defensively this year mm-hmm. whatsoever. Just win, baby. Whatever it just takes, win. just win. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, the, the watching the games. Particularly the older I've gotten, but even when I was younger, I was more of a, I need what I would call the SF. I need the saturation factor. I struggle. Yes, you can flip from game to game, Big Dog, and yes, you can catch the big plays and keep up with it, but I, this is just me personally. For me really enjoying a game, I need to get saturated a little bit. I need to hear the talk in between. I need to let it sink in a little bit, so I struggle. Watching, I tend to watch one game in particular and let that saturate, and then I'll catch a little bit of the other ones. But well, I, I think uh, I think with me, the reason why I can flip back and forth is typically I know all the stories of the different teams and the different games, mm-hmm. and I like I know what's going on, so I don't need Brad Nessler breaking down every single play for me and explaining, <laughs> hey, you know what, that play by the strong side backers was a great play because he's just coming back from injury or he's. He's Mark Herzlick and he's coming back from cancer. So, you know, like, I know all those stories, but like, when you watch a game and you don't even like football, when, when, like, Lily the Lilac is watching and she pays attention to what the guy say, all of a sudden she's interested in. So I understand what you're getting at. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need the stories of, of all the players and then all of a sudden 
you're compelled and you want to watch it. But I, I don't need it at that point. And let's let's admit, about 80% of all the football games I've ever watched in my life, I was surrounded by a bunch of degenerate gamblers. Mm-hmm. And degenerate gamblers, they don't need stories. They need action. So they would much rather have play after play after play instead of play. Oh, that guy is a transfer from from Uganda, and he's learned how to speak English in the last four years, and he's going to be a second-round draft pick just because he's a freaking animal. Oh, and by the way, he's uh, he's also uh, a physics major here in the United States. You know what I mean? And like, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I want to hear more about this guy. Guys who gamble could care less about that. They just want the next game, and they want to see a guy who isn't from Uganda, who's from uh, south-central Los Angeles, and he's about to put a breakdown on an Oregon duck because he's from USC. <laughs> You, you know, there's a big. You know what I mean? You're you're not there for the action, coach. You hey. you love football. You want the story. You want to learn about the kids. Our you studies. Know, that's, that's the difference, right there. I'm glad you pointed that out, and I'm glad you're boosting up the degenerate gamblers out there because our recent research, Big Dog, shows that our show, uh, you know, while we may struggle with ratings with degenerate gamblers, we're we're not number one, but we are moving up. We are actually a top ten sports talk show with people that are fully registered in their state as a degenerate gambler. So you can be yeah, proud of that. And, and here's one thing. If you want to know if your husband, your girlfriend, your your grandma, your uncle is a degenerate gambler, <laughs> it isn't whether or not they win or lose. Yep. Okay? It's whether or not they have to gamble on every single televised football game. Mm-hmm. If there's a televised football game, I'm like, Oh, the Cardinals are going to the Rams? Well, uh, what do you think, Joel? What, what, where should I put my money? You should put your money in an IRA. What the hell? I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're asking me. So for the Just fan at home. Television doesn't mean you have to bet on it, people, is all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So so if I were, uh, if, for instance, if somebody's just flipping around channels, maybe they're watching reruns of Full House or Friends or something, and they, come, they just happen to come across like, uh, what do we got here? Like Georgia Tech at Clemson. And your grandma stops you real quick and says, wait, I, I got to watch the game for a second. I got Clemson. I'm giving up the points. That might be an indication that uh, maybe grandma's in that DG degenerate gambler category. Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't even tell you. Like, uh, oh, Joel, I can't, you can't believe how much money that Monday night game. I doubled down on the whole freaking weekend. I'm down 11.75. I don't know what I'm going to do. Hey, you know, Northern Illinois is going to Toledo tonight as ESPN starts their Tuesday night games. Really? Really? Who do you like, Northern Illinois or Toledo? Toledo, they always win in the class bowl against everybody. That's the degenerate gambler coach. Okay, that's that's what I'm talking about. If if there's a televised game, you know, like on Saturday night, you know you're going to get like five primetime games. you got ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, you got... uh, Sometimes CBS plays the SEC games at night, but ABC always plays a primetime game every single, and then you have versus. So you have at least five times Saturday night, primetime Saturday night games. Just, if you have somebody who bets on all five, they are definitely a degenerate, okay? There's, you just, if there's like a football game on and I have to bet on it, that is, you have to really worry about those people, coach. And I went through a 10 year phase of that, and for the first nine years and 51 weeks, my girlfriend at the time had no problem because I was winning money. And then all of a sudden, that last week, I lost $14,000. All of a sudden, she had an issue with it and divorced me. So, you know what I'm saying? That, that ends up being, uh, let, so you got to be careful when you're one of those guys. Let that be a lesson, uh, David Olson. If nothing else, we are an educational program here. We teach morals. We teach character. Character counts, folks. Uh, let that be a lesson.
to all the young kids listening out there through. Yeah, I made, I lost $14,000 in a weekend yes. coach and that year at Valley Total Fitness, I probably cleared after taxes about $26,000. Think about that. And I lost $14,000 gambling in one weekend. Ouch. Well, if people out there, big dog, hopefully you can take some solace out of the fact that through your adversity, others out there might be, uh, learning a valuable lesson. Yeah, you know what? And then, uh, I, I, I can tell you a great story on that if, if you want to hear it. Sure. Well, so I'm going through uh, a, this guy by the name of Scott Van Skelvin. His dad, his name is Don Van Skelvin. He was the coach of uh, Rockford Boylan for years. And uh, so this guy, Don Van Skelvin, is like, oh, I'm, I'm really, uh, it's, uh, I have a book by the name of Chico. I'm going through him, so it's not through me. It's not, I'm not the guy who's the book. I'm like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Well, uh, you know, for years I deal with this guy, no problem. And then all of a sudden I lose all the 14 grand, okay? And I send them, I send them a check, uh, for like $8,500. Okay. And I'm like, I'm going to get the rest of your money as soon as possible. And I meant like as soon as possible, like in three days. His son calls me up. Look, one of my best friends, you better pay my dad. I'm like, Scott, what, what's wrong with you? Next thing you know, this 75 year old man who's a registered pedophile, Don Van Skelton calls me, calls me. I was like, you better be careful. I'm, I'll be, I'm going to come after you. I'm like, I'm going to give you your money. He starts threatening me. I'm like, if you're seriously threatening me, I might not pay you now. I was going to pay you three days. I've already sent you an $8,500 check. I only owe you $5,500. He's like, you just better watch your back. You better pay me. So I'm like, uh, you have a coach. You have no idea. you got to be careful. People that you thought like were your friends will turn on you, Oof. threatening to kill you in the middle of the night and stuff like that. So I got some registered pe- uh, pedophile. Why already sent an $8,500. He was just mad because over the years, he sent me at least $25,000 over the years. Mm-hmm. At least. And all of a sudden, he's like, well, all the money you've won off me, you don't have the money to pay me immediately? I'm like, I just sent you an $8,500 check. Had okay, he, prior, the money coming to you. Prior to the phone call, had he received the $8,500 check? Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Okay. He wanted to know where all the money was. All right. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I just didn't have $14,000 in the bank. I have it. Let me let me get it to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have never talked to Scott Van Skelvin or Don Van Skelvin since then. And I, uh, so it's just don't gamble, people. For all those years, I never had a problem gambling. And then all of a sudden, I'm at, like having to cash in bonds and CDs. You know what? It's not good, people. And up until that weekend, I thought I was an untouchable coach. I would never be beat. Never. I think mean, every week, one year I'd win a thousand. Next year I'd win five thousand. Next year I would bet on the Pro Bowl and be up one dollar at the end of the year. I, I had never lost money gambling at the end of the season until all of a sudden, this is no joke. I bet five thousand dollars on a thirty-two and a half over under in a Baltimore San Diego game. Okay, and I swear to you, I swear to you, Coach, the score was twenty-four to seven at halftime. Oh. The final score was twenty-four to seven. Oh my God! Were you able? Was it on? Was it on broad? Were you able to watch the game? It was. It was not. It was the same weekend after. It was the weekend after the Saints beat the Falcons to open up Monday Night Football in two thousand and six. And I lost. I lost two thousand dollars on that game. Two thousand or five? Oh, five thousand. So kept rolling. So now I double down on the. I'd wait all week. I only bet one game. Only one game, and I bet that game. And at halftime, it's 24-7. I'm like, I have nothing to worry about. Wow. I walk downstairs. I'm doing all this stuff. 
I come back up, like, hey, you see the score? Everybody, you see the score to Baltimore State? He goes, hey, it's 24-7. I'm like, no, that was a halftime score. No, no, that's what it finished. I'm wow. like, shut up. You're lying to me. And wow. I'll never forget that feeling at the time. I almost fell down. Yep. So literally, almost fell down and passed out. Yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Marty Schottenheimer, I'll never forget. forgive him, Coach. What you don't just run the ball right at the middle with a 17-point lead, you son of a... <laughs> Oh, all right, moving right along. That's a painful memory for the big dog. Sorry to bring that up, but it's probably therapeutic for you. Well, because of that, because of that, now that I've admitted all this, because of that, I got a divorce, and I've moved on, and now I'm with Lily the Lilac. So everything has seemed to work out for me, Coach. And trust me, I would have been more than happy to give all the money that I had at the point to get out of that relationship. So it's all good. So you're saying, basically, if they would have kicked the field goal. Yes. You might still be married and never have met Lily the Lilac. I would have been down at a, I would have been down about $1,800 at the time. I could have, I would have made more bets at, that was the last bet I ever made. Okay. I would have made more bets. I would have cleared out. I would have been back at zero. And right now I'd be, I'd be talking on this radio show with a black eye. How much of an issue? This isn't, I never thought about this before. How much of an issue and how much are the players told absolutely this is one thing you do? not talk of how much of an issue is nfl security and nfl players because of situations like yours and much more serious getting threats we never hear about it but maybe they're told that's one thing we never want getting out in the how many times do players get threatened post-game big dog i don't know i don't know how much the players do but they probably do like these are like degenerates who just lost you know, like yes. anybody who's willing to risk ten thousand dollars, or excuse me, eleven thousand to win ten thousand, because they want the easy money. Mm-hmm. Well, they're also the stupid idiots that are willing to tweet or threaten people when they don't do the right thing. But you know, you know the, no cracking up is the the best ones are this. Uh, the home team is a four point favorite, and they're up by three points. Yeah. And they get the ball late in the game, and they drive, and they drive, and they drive, and all of a sudden it's underneath the two-minute warning, and they're at the three-yard line, and the other team's out of timeout, and then they kneel on the ball to win the game and run the clock out. And everybody in the stadium freaks out because, of course, everybody bets on their team, and the coach has decided to win the game but not cover the spread, mm-hmm. which is the right thing to do, let's face it. Oh, my goodness, Coach. The only time you ever hear home teams getting booed when they win games is when they kneel on the ball when they have a chance to score and put more points up. Mm-hmm. But it is and the right thing to do because you're, you're playing against another team. You don't want to rub salt into the injury. You might be playing that team later on. Uh, you want to win, but you want to be classy about it. You can't be thinking of the, the gamblers. But uh, I'm going to answer my own question, Big Dog, and say that it probably happens – more than we think it does. And, again, I think it's hush. I agree. I agree 100%. I agree 100% with you, Coach. Yes, it does happen. Hmm. I won Barry Alvarez, one of the last years he was there, he went for two against Iowa when they were up by 11, okay? And Wisconsin was a 13-point favorite. They got it, and they pushed. And I'm not kidding you. Like, people, like, openly in Wisconsin were like, he went for two on purpose. You know, to, to cover the spread, we love Barry Alvarez. And it was like an open joke in Wisconsin about how Alvarez went for two and he didn't need to just for the gamblers in Wisconsin because they know how many people uh, bet on. But, of course, Wisconsin. he never openly admitted that. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, <laughs> I, he's like an 11-point, whatever it was, whatever. I don't remember the exact point totals. Yep. 
okay? But basically was like, those people are out of their minds. The way we look at the game is we figured that with as little time left, we needed a two-point conversion more than just the one point. Mm -hmm. Ah, I just shook my head. I'm like, that's total BS. Real quick, i got to mention one other uh, interesting thing on college football. Then we got to make our... Uh, beat the Smoes football picks. Again, if you're just joining us, you want to call in, make the picks, you can do it with us. Uh, give us a call, 888-463-6748. Any comments on college pro football coming up this weekend here on a football Friday and the two guys at a mic show, uh, again, uh, 888-463-6748. You can always email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Big dog, I have to mention, uh, you know, Northwestern at Penn State, and forgetting about, you know, the matchups and the points where we don't got time to get into all that. But there was a big article in the Tribune, uh, and, and it was quoting the Penn State players. And I found this interesting because Penn State, the powerhouse program, Northwestern has been down, down, down for so many years, working their way up. And the Penn State players talking about if we can win this game against a 5-0 and Northwestern team, we will earn some respect nationally and people will start to believe in us and I kind of, it kind of had to sink in. I did a double take. I read it again, and wow. You know, if you wait around long enough in this life, everything comes full circle. Penn State, with somewhat anyways, of a watershed game, if they can beat Northwestern. I found that kind of curious. Yeah, no, <coughs> Northwestern's also a three-point favorite at, at Happy Valley. Uh, you sure about that? Or is it, or is it Penn State's a three-point favorite? I'm thinking favorite. it's Penn State, but I'll double-check that. But I, it's just, it's it's... Kind of funny and it's kind of cool. That yeah, the, I understand. Yeah. That is a little weird. Yeah. You don't normally get that. Here I'm checking the yeah, Penn State's two and a half point favorite. I got you. Which okay. I think I think they should be. They wouldn't have been up until last week, but I think the victory over Illinois. By the way, any chance? Any chance Illinois redeems and beats Wisconsin at Wisconsin? There's a chance, coach. Let's face it. You got guys like Terry Hawthorne playing for Illinois. Uh, the Jonathan Brown. There's, there's a couple decent running backs. There's a chance, but they're uh, they might beat the Smoke picks, and they are not the team I'm going for in that particular beat okay. the Smoke. That's a transition enough. Let's get the beat the Smoke picks. Uh, the big dog, and keep in mind he's coming off uh, somewhere around 16 hours ago, eating an ostrich burger as an appetizer and a bison burger to follow. So take these picks with a grain of salt, if not a couple other spices along with it. What do you got for us, Doug? Uh, I'll, I'll take uh, Wisconsin minus the 14 against my fighting Illini, who I love dearly. <laughs> Glad you put that in there. No, I do. I, I love Illinois, and I, I just, I'm just so worried right now. And, I don't. And I, as an objective fan, I don't know how they're going to win another game the rest of the year if they don't I'm, play in Indiana on every game of their schedule. <laughs> I'm an alumnus, but i got to tell you, I don't love them anymore. The love hath gone. It's weird. Uh, I, right now, I root against both my alumni. I root uh, against now, my my old high school now, Big Doe. You don't even root for Nutria? No, for mainly for two reasons. One, I've coached for a lot of years at other schools that we played Nutria, and I learned to, I won't say hate him, but learn to have that same rivalry that some of the other schools have. And then number two, over the last four or five years, uh, my kids have been at the arch-rival school, Glenbrook South, that we played Nutria. So I I have no – well, I won't say no. I don't root for Nutria anymore, my old high school. And in football, anyways, I'm not I, – I, my love for the fighting Illini has long since uh, gone away. So Understood. much. Yeah, all right. Never mind. Go back to game two, Big Doug. Uh, I'm going to 
the one game that I, I really like on here is just West Virginia getting seven points. The, I just I can imagine West Virginia and Texas in one of those great, unbelievable Texas shootouts. That is so. I I know West Virginia does not have a good defense, but I just think this Geno Smith. Uh, we got to keep on Geno Smith until he proves wrong, coach. So if he's getting points as a quarterback right now, I'm going to take those points and. Uh, that should that's going to be a prime time game that about a half hour into everybody watching college football on Saturday night is going to switch to that because they cannot believe what the heck is going on. Now there's a bunch of other great games on Saturday night, whether it's Ohio State, Nebraska. What the game I'm picking is LSU, a three point favorite at Florida. I'm saying Florida uh, LSU wins nineteen to seventeen points. Taking Florida at home plus the points. Yes. Which you rarely get. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Florida is always favored at home. This is the first time I've Florida has not been favored at home since I can't remember when. Probably an Alabama game or an LSU game over the last couple of years, but it doesn't mm-hmm. happen very often. And I do remember uh, a couple of years ago in uh, Big Dog versus the spread when when uh, Florida and LSU just tend to play incredible football games that are real close. So you take the point in those situations. Mm-hmm. All right. But you did make a caveat and say that Florida will definitively need those points. Yes, yes, okay. definitely, yes. All right. David Olson, you want to hit third, or you want to advance the runner today? Uh, I can advance the runner. Hold on, let me uh, pull up the spreads here. That's the kind of guy, uh, producer David Olson, he's a number two batter mentality, big dog. He'll do anything. No, no, he's, a, he's our cleanup hitter. And he's well, he should be. After you. But you got to credit the editor. He's willing to bat number two today, advance the runner, do the little things, sacrifice his own individual accolades for the betterment of the team. That's why we like him as a producer, even oh, though we don't pay him. Hopefully his picks aren't number two. <laughs> Uh, going with all favorites this week. Um, game number one, no. Atlanta. Oh, uh, favored by three at Washington. They're going to continue to roll. Easy win for them. A Falcon. Uh, game number two, uh, Cincinnati's favored by three and a half at home over the Dolphins. All over the Bengals in that one. And then Baltimore is favored by six at Kansas City. Take Baltimore. I like the Cincy pick for sure. You know what's funny, Dave, is uh, I picked all those games, too. I looked at this week in the NFL and, like, doing my, like, confidence points pick and stuff. I was like, this is the easiest week the NFL has had in years. And right when I said that, I'm like, uh-oh. We're, there's going to be a nuclear meltdown this weekend. You're like, so you know, all of a sudden the Colts are going to beat the Packers. There's a bunch of mismatches this week, Coach, and something tells me that Right when you see a bunch of mismatches, yep. that's when you get the week of, I cannot believe all that stuff just that's, happened. That's the voice of experience right there, folks. But uh, David Olson picking Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Baltimore, all and three all favorites. all those picks make total sense, Coach. All of them make total well, sense. Well, I don't know about that. Well, Baltimore's a little bit of a trap game in Kansas City. So the, the, those those yeah. minus six point spreads. Oh, they only need a touchdown. They, Kansas City will end up with Atlanta. Yeah, Kansas City's been abysmal at home. Like, and, like and terrible have, home field advantage doesn't exist for them anymore. And yeah, which is crazy because Arrowhead used to be the best home field advantage in football. And right now, Dave Olson, they have the worst turnover margin in all of football. And it's like five worse than the team in 31st place. It's really bad so far for the Chiefs this season. It's on my bucket list, big dog. And, um, with you or without you, I'm going to find a way to get their Arrowhead Stadium early, so early already, tailgating. Ex- Iowa on Saturday. 
Yes. And Arrowhead on Sunday. We've yes. already discussed this. That's the best the tailgating that you can possibly do yes. in a three-hour uh, driving route. That needs to be done. That absolutely needs to be done. All right. Battle of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh initially. I was going to stay away from this game. Uh, went through all the other games, took a second look at it, and said, no, i got to stay away from this game. Went through all the other games, didn't like it that much. Went back to it. I said, all right, got to make a pick. And I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Originally, my first instinct said Philadelphia Eagle, but I forgot who the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers is. He's Mike Timlin, right? Still coach? Tomlin. Tomlin? Yeah, Mike Timlin, a pretty good pitcher, too. I like Mike Tomlin. He'll find a way. He will not let the Pittsburgh Steelers slump. Philadelphia's going to be a little jagged. Their juggernaut's going to come to a slight Slight defectation of Pittsburgh Steelers at home. At home, what are they getting? Giving up three points against the Philadelphia uh, you're, Eagles. Yeah, you're not going to like this. Yeah, that's another game I, I love. Don't forget Jerome Harrison and Troy Palomalu are finally back for the Steelers and Richard Mendenhall. Thank you. Uh, the Steelers are finally getting healthy, and Thank the you. Eagles have been lucky in three wins. Green Bay Packers at the Indianapolis Colts. Very sad story over the uh, the week. The head coach of the Indy Colts, Chuck Pagano, uh, diagnosed with leukemia. He will miss a good part of the season. All the sentiment is saying, watch out for Indianapolis. They're at home. They're going to be playing for their coach. I started to buy into it, big dog. And with all due respect to Chuck Pagano, I also thought, you know what, they might be trying too hard. Young team, undermatched Packer team that is just starting to get the mold built. I think Green Bay wins. They could. They might win this game by four touchdowns. I'm taking the Packer, giving up the seven on the road. Wow. Thank you very much. Minnesota and Tennessee. I should say Tennessee at Minnesota. A lot of people wondering if the Vikings are for real or not. We probably won't find out this week because the Tennessee Titans aren't that good and they lost their quarterback, Jake. Find your locker. But I do think the Minnesota Vikings are for real. Now, Christian Ponder's banged up a little bit, big dog, but I think the momentum's going to go. They're at home. They're giving up six. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings to shockingly go four and one on the season. Viking over Tennessee. Wow, they 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 win that game and they're four and one. That's going to be, uh, you know, the the Bears better win against Jacksonville. Is all I got to say. You know, suddenly those Bears Vikings games, which not that many people at the beginning of the year had circled, all of a sudden those if both teams win this week, those could be two marquee games all of a sudden. Yeah, huge, huge games. Because yeah. then after that, after the bye, the Bears have two games and then they play Minnesota at Minnesota. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We're here on the Two Guys in a Mic show play a game called Beat the Schmoes. Big Dog U is our lead schmo. Uh, other beyond football, is there any other activities where some of the females of the city of Chicago might be able to catch a glimpse of Joel Redwanski this particular weekend? I'm going to be on Joel Redwanski's couch doing nothing. I need some decompression time. I'm working out tomorrow morning at, at East Bank. I'm going right out to the suburbs, and I'm not leaving my couch until I get back on the 1240 train to get my butt back to... What about... Uh, I mean, this is prime Oktoberfest season. You're not going to go Wiener Schnitzel at any point this week, Ken? I'm not big on, on German beer or German sausage or German girls. How about so. German music, though? There's there's something about an accordion being played by a guy in stocking. <laughs> I did go to an Oktoberfest uh, last week. This is a local one. But they had a good band play it. A good German band under the delving of some Oktoberfest beer is still... It's not bad, Big Dog, even if it was in September. All right. 
Well, we have to have Oktoberfest in September in Chicago because it's so bad. Right, well, if you can't go out for the Wiener Schnitzel, have some inside. Or hold yeah. your own. All right, big I dog. Have a great weekend, my friend. All right. You too, people. Thank you very much. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Back Monday, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.